President's Day here in the U.S., but you know the rules here for what we're drafting every single day or every single weekday in the big board and underdog. We take no days off. What would the presidents want me to do? They'd want me to work real hard. They want me to build a perfect team. So that's our goal for today here on President's Day, to draft a big board team and to make it perfect. Now, what does perfect mean? I don't know. Probably a zero RB thing. <laughs> probably zero RB in a team that I like, filled with guys that I like. We're going to find out what perfection is. I am already in a draft room here. Of course, the big board, 200K to first place. Uh, the preeminent tournament here, pre-draft. Of course, some other sites out there, drafters doing their own version as well. Uh, definitely worth spending some time on there too. But uh, underdog, I'm still very much in my underdog. Excited to be here. Excited to be looking forward to 2024. And of course, we're in the three hole here. So that doesn't hurt my excitement too much either. Shout out to the chat. Appreciate all you guys being here on this fine day off. Uh, today is a holiday, not for everybody, but it is uh, for a lot of people out there. So if you are off today, kudos to you. Hope you're enjoying your day. Uh, if you are like me, you probably have a child who's off from daycare as well. And we persevere and we be, we do everything and even when we have a lot to do for work. Uh, CD Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase all on the board. Which one do I want the most? Uh, probably would be CD Lamb out of this group for me. I think Jefferson is one that you maybe talk me into here and there, but I'm happy to get CD Lamb the three pick, and we'll see what else we get. Of course, CD Lamb going here would expect that I might want to get Dak Prescott later. Uh, Brandon Cooks definitely a shot, I guess, that we could add into the stack at the 100 range for a little bit cheaper. Uh, some chance as well that the Dallas has upgrade that receiver spot outside of CD Lamb. Uh, some reports Brian Thomas linked a little bit loosely uh, to the Cowboys, a guy that probably would be uh, immediately stepping into a role that would be very similar to what he had in college with CD Lamb uh, playing the Malik Neighbors role for him, but. I think CeeDee Lamb, to me, a player that even if they do bring in an alpha target earner, even if they do have somebody who really upgrades in that wide receiver core. Well, what we saw from CeeDee Lamb last year, and frankly from this offense, where there were a lot of concerns for me, Mike McCarthy, Brian Schottenheimer, um, I really just don't have those concerns anymore. I, I think for whatever it's worth, uh, those guys have been donkeys historically. We're definitely donkeys in the first half of last season, but then the pass rate over expectation kept soaring and things looked better. So uh, the defense will probably get worse as well. Another positive sign for CeeDee Lamb. And that's my justification here for, for taking CD Lamb at number three. Three holes a pretty good spot. I agree. Can we really call it a perfect team unless it's a hyper-fragile build of old running backs? I think not. I guess that is the one thing I have going uh, against me here for this draft is I'm not likely to take a bunch of dusty old running backs. But we'll see. Again, some of these dusty old running backs are now very cheap for roles uh, just because of the fact they're going to be free agents or people don't know if they're going to get cut or not. So the Austin Ecklers of the world, the Joe Mixons of the world, uh, those guys, especially Mixon, you know, not the most fun. I faded Mixon pretty heavily last year, and you know, frankly, he did okay <laughs> for Mixon, uh, whatever it's worth. Terrible human being, it seems like, based on everything we know. Uh, also, really, no juice left under a 10% avoided tackle rate is really something that shows you a guy at running back just doesn't have a lot of shiftiness left in the left of the tank, but whatever. These guys can have value. They're just priced correctly. Drafting Brees, if he falls past seven, the wide receiver quality drops a bit. And I think he has a legendary upside. I love that Corain has now gotten his brand to be fully capitalized uh, in these kind of situations. But yes, um, look, I got Brees past seven. I think it makes sense. Um, I'm also okay with Bijan. I'm okay with Gibbs. Really, there's nobody in the first round that I look at and go, all right, I really don't want shares of this guy. McCaffrey even, you know, like if you get the one hole, I think you have to get some shares, even if you don't end up with a full 8% or more, you know, that you could get having this one-on-one drafts for yourself. Um, I think the second round is where it starts to get a little bit questionable for me, where Jonathan Taylor, just think a full year of AR being there is not going to be great for him. I do expect to be more efficient uh, with the RPO cooking and all that. But I do think for Jonathan Taylor, he's the one where there's a little bit of a fall off here. And for Kyron Williams, we vocalized some of the concerns for him as well. You know, the fact they could bring in a pass catching back or just somebody who takes away from the Christian McCaffrey-esque workload. Um, but, you know, I, I really feel like for me, Amon Ra, Puka, 
AJ Brown, who I'm really trying to train my brain, not be mad at him for the second half of last season. Garrett Wilson, I think is maybe the one receiver where I'm like in the first round that I'm a little bit iffy on. DJ Moore would not have minded today. He's the man in the thumbnail, of course. Uh, never have an issue taking a guy in the thumbnail and making the content line up beautifully in that way. I was hoping that there'd be a shot that me get a DJ Moore, Caleb Williams stack today because that has evaded me so far, uh, but not seeming like it's going to be the case. Mm-mm-mm. Miles Sanders, crazy good value late. I don't know that he's a crazy good value, but he does benefit from the chance that new coaching staff comes in, thinks that he's the guy. Uh, and right now with where he and Chuba Hubbard are priced, like they're what, you know, 80 picks away from each other. Uh, so they probably just shouldn't be that far apart. Ambiguous backfields is the thing that uh, sharper players have, have always talked about. Mike Leone, I think, has pointed out a lot of things with the ambiguous backfields in the past. But I would say for me in particular, it's been a priority to be mindful of those price points. And just the coaching changes because right now on the big board, guys are priced like they have the exact same role last year. And they're going to have it again. And as we know in football, it's never really the case. All right, so you are going to do here. Josh Allen on the board, not my favorite pick of this range. Stefan Diggs, an okay pick. Tank Dell, an okay pick. Saquon, not for me. I guess there's a faint shot that he could end up in Dallas. I don't know how they would afford him. Um, God, do we just go to Diggs here? It's either Diggs or Tank for me. I think it's Diggs. think it's Diggs, and we'll see what happens with Josh Allen here. Oh, why is this locking up? All right, there we go. I'm like deeply worried about my connection today because uh, ever since we've had Fios put in, I don't know if any of you guys have had the same issue. Uh, Fios is just like a pain in the ass with like the self-organizing networks in your Wi-Fi. And like my shit's been dropping off all the time lately. So I've been very disappointed with the Fios experience so far, switching over from Xfinity. But at least it's not $300 a month like Xfinity was for us. That's the one thing we have going for us. Let's see. Mike Wilson put up 170 points in two seasons, but Zach Wilson should see an upgrade. Sure. That's a reasonable way to look at it. I just think with the Jets, uh, you know, very fragile to be pinning all your hopes on Aaron Rodgers and uh, frankly, the one offseason piece about them, the the in-depth one, the athletic talking about uh, the tumults in that entire organization doesn't fill me with the most faith in the world, but it is what it is. All right, Josh Allen goes to Stovera at the one spot. Would have contemplated taking Josh Allen at 27 uh, with Diggs, but at this point, doesn't make the most sense for me. Uh, a little bit of a discount on Debo. Debo, not a guy I'm terribly high on. Chris Olave, I don't mind. Tank Dell, a little bit more fun to me, I think. Mm. I'm going to go Tank here. Uh, Tank on pace, a news item that came out over the weekend, on pace to be back for OTAs. Uh, nothing surprising about that one, but does seem like something that uh, if you have that concern, uh, you shouldn't have it anymore. Though again, it's one of those weird things in the in the big board where some guys, because they have an injury, because they're coming off an injury, they're priced incredibly lowly at a point where like it doesn't even make sense. A guy like Tank Dell, he is basically priced for him being full health, him being better next year. Um, obviously, I guess you could say the one thing is that he's discounted relative to Nico. Nico Collins goes to 13 of this draft. Tank Dell went at 27. Um, but even still, you know, 14 pick discount. I just think you're getting enough of a discount for what we're normally getting in a big board. Where people are really like, oh, this guy got hurt last year. I can't take him. Uh, Tank is properly priced. Stacks, what about Saquon Houston? Uh, that's another one rumored. If I were Houston, I wouldn't do it in a million years, but uh, certainly they have the cap room. Uh, Houston, I think, has the most cap room in the NFL this offseason with like 70 million. Um, think they would probably prefer to bring back Singletary at a cheap price tag and then maybe add another back in the draft would be my guess, or I guess free agency they could. Uh, but we'll see if Singletary gets priced out, you know, like they're not going to pay. They're not going to pay Saquon uh, prices for Singletary, I would think. Taking an outscore Nico. I, I think that's possible. 
I just think it depends on what they do with the other outside receiver. If they really did get a, a good guy to go outside with Nico and then play tank mostly out of the slot. I think there's some risk for both Nico and tank that they're both a little bit overpriced. Uh, Cause whoever's going to be out there, if it's somebody with some juice, like they're going to take touches away from Nico, but we've talked a lot about Nico on the show. Like, I don't, you know, you got to take him. If you want to get some exposure to him, you got to take him where he is. But I think the big concern for Nico is really that his biggest games on the home stretch of the year when Tank Dell, and even in the beginning part of the year, when Tank Dell weren't full go or wasn't full go, when he was hurt, like in the later half of the year, um, that's when Nico had his best game. So I think it fundamentally we saw then that Nico is maybe a guy that's going to give you spike weeks, but not going to reliably be a guy that commands a ton of targets. If there is somebody else out there that can actually earn targets and Tank, we know can uh, a lot of guys in the draft class. Of course, I, I mock Troy Franklin, everybody out there, but Troy Franklin going to cheap to Houston being another outside receiver. I think he'd be a better version of Nico from day one. Um, you know, maybe relative to some like route running things. He's not gonna be great at immediately, but, uh, but Nico's not a great route runner either. I think a little more subtlety to his game, I guess, than I probably give him credit for point being though, anybody who comes into Houston is going to fuck up both these guys, ADPs. So, uh, you take him here and you hope that nobody goes here. I guess like, I don't know. They sign dog shit at wide receiver and free agency. They sign, I guess, I don't think Terrace Marshall's dog shit, but that's like what you're hoping. If you're going to have Nico and Tank Dell pay off these ADPs, they can't bring in another guy who's going to be an alpha target earner, and they can't bring in somebody who's going to be that good, primarily. Giving up on Mechie, not giving up on him, but I don't think he's going to ascend that meaningfully. I think his best case scenario is being like a, like an elevated River Craycraft slash uh, Braxton Berrios in that offense where maybe gets a few touchdowns. Uh, did have some good red zone equity in terms of what he did at Bama. And then we saw him score a few touchdowns, I believe. Uh, definitely more than one this year. Um, so maybe he can do that a little bit more, but just don't think the juice is there for him, unfortunately, which bums me out. All right, let's see. Some mix into Houston. That makes, I man, I would not bring Mixon into that locker room personally. I don't want to bring a guy who's like, cantankerous and only to get more cantankerous as he gets older and he doesn't get the volume because he's not as efficient as he, as he, if he ever was. Um, and then bring him into a young team. I'd be really careful of that. I don't, I don't think that's it. I think that's a, a worse move than bringing back Singletary by a pretty wide margin. Maybe you get Mixon for cheaper relative to this free agency class, but, um, Mixon just does not have a lot of juice left. Uh, all right. So we got three wide receivers here with lamb Diggs, and uh tank Dell. CJ Stroud is here. I'm sure that somebody would love to snipe me on him uh, based on how this always goes. Man, what is the, is Stroud the perfect draft here? I think punning Stroud would be the perfect draft a little bit more so. I'm actually going to take Trey McBride. I'm going to go with the elite tight end for this one. Um, Trey McBride, a guy, of course, that I have no issue with. He has now come up, as we talked about many times on here, uh, open at like a 115 ADP now to 51. I'm taking him at 46. Uh, so for Trey McBride, that's the one thing that kind of sucks about him because he's not going to be in the same situation next year of being treated like a wide receiver one for that Cardinals offense that had no receivers they like. Uh, but we will see here what we get on the way back. I, I feel Stovera taking CJ Stroud for no reason because Stovera to me, uh, taking Josh Allen unstacked, maybe not the biggest brain move. <laughs> uh, we'll see if he takes Allen and Stroud. Stovera is officially on my on my thumbs down list. We don't give people the finger when we're driving. We give them a thumbs down. That's what I'd be giving to Stovera if he takes a CJ Stroud here. Soaking up that clock. Takes Zay Flowers. Good picks for him. T Gentile. Come on, bud. Just give me. I don't think I've gotten a share of Stroud yet. So that's I'm partially sweating this one. Get Stroud here. Thankfully, a one zero three one start. CJ Stroud, CD Lamb, Stefan Diggs, Tank Dell, Trey McBride is the team so far. 
I like this team. Uh, I think Diggs undervalued. I think CeeDee Lamb appropriately valued for sure. I uh, like getting him more at pick three than I do when people reach for him at pick one. Uh, Tank Dell, again, we think appropriately valued for the most part, but uh, hard to see him coming down meaningfully, I would think, unless he had like a really serious injury setback. And Trey McBride, I uh, like to start. Huge fan of the thumbs down move while driving. It's just, it's less aggressive than a, a middle finger. And you know, like how people can be with road rage stuff. You don't want to be courting danger like that. Uh, so, you know, a thumbs down if it gets the message across pretty well. But that's that's me being a very mature man, of course, <laughs> as we, I show day after day here, uh, known for my maturity. Speaking of, guys, appreciate all you guys watching live. And if you're watching after the fact as well, great too. But guys, subscribe down below, hit that like button. Of course, splash play on the march to 4K subs, to 5K subs, to 10K subs. And can't do it without you. Can't do it with folks like you hitting that like button. So hit that like button. It helps us get seen by more people who are just like you. And leave a comment if you're watching after the fact as well. Helps me get uh, the algorithm going in the right way. So appreciate that here. And of course, any questions, anything you want to ask me about, um, anything you want to pick my brain about or just give your takes on, always happy to hear that too. And of course, I always reply to every comment here on the channel that has been the case from day one of splash play. And it'll probably always be the case because I'm OCD about making sure that I know people know that they're appropriately valued for what they're doing when engaging with content here. Most mature man I know. Thank you, Gabe Davis. Thank you. I hope that you end up going to Stovera here in the hopes that you return to Buffalo. Uh, but yes, I, I feel like I have my maturity uh, soaring by the day, even though uh, I'm fucking exhausted. We did too many things this weekend. <laughs> I'm very exhausted. Not mad, just disappointed. Yeah, that, that is definitely the thumbs down when you're driving. I feel like it's like a, a very dad move to let them know that, you know, like you're not getting my goat. You're not trolling me. Maybe I should start doing that on stream when people start pissing me off. Instead of just being like cursing at them and telling them why they're wrong, I'm just going to give them a thumbs down. <laughs> I'm just going to do, do that for anybody who, who crosses me here on stream. Romo Dunze goes at 57. Still, again, really feel like his ADP should be coming down a little bit more just because of the fact that we really need to see athletic numbers for him to feel good about it. Uh, the biggest takeaway from Romo, Romo Dunze is that the fact his offensive coordinator at college is now going to be at Seattle. Um, that's the biggest thing to take away from me. That's why I think DK Metcalf, not a guy I got in this draft here, took Tank Dell over him. DK Metcalf at 32, I think, should really be the big winner uh, from Ryan Grubb, the former coordinator of University of Washington. Uh, being now the coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. I think it'll be a very good thing for him. And Seattle too, one thing that I had worried about, I don't think I mentioned it last week, uh, Geno Smith did have his contract, not picked up, but basically didn't get cut before a time period where they would have had to pay him 13 mil. So not a guarantee he's going to be the starter, but it does feel like it's going that way. So one take that I have to uh, take a, take away from myself. Make the case for Trey. I don't get it given a situation. Um, The case for Trey is the spike week stuff. I guess for him, you know, he's younger. Uh, he's definitely going to be on the field a lot. You know, the main thing that I don't like about Trey is that I think they bring in, much like I talked about with Houston, I think they bring in a wide receiver that really does upset the equation a little bit where he was getting 10 targets a game, 15 targets a game because of the fact that he was the only guy out there that could run routes, get into space and catch a ball. It's not going to be the case this year. Like they're going to bring in somebody who's better than Marquise Brown, who's better than Greg Dorch, who's better than, you know, whatever flotsam they had, the Rondale Moores of the world they have in the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver core. Um, so that's the case against Trey McBride. But I think for him, it's still like, let's say they bring in Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison is going to get a lot of attention. So Trey McBride is still probably going to give you some spike week days where he gets you eight to eight to 12 targets, I would guess. Um, maybe not the highs of like 15 that he got this year, but um, that's the case for McBride is that either they don't upgrade the situation somehow and he ends up being basically the wide receiver one again, or they do upgrade it and he gets more efficient as a result while still playing the same amount of snaps and being out there a good amount. In an Arizona offense that, frankly, was like a lot better uh, with Drew Petzing kind of running things there than I would have ever thought possible. So that's it. 
Audric Estime sucks. Oh, Chris. Chris trying to get my, my thumbs down already. But no, I know you're trolling for your engagement bait trolling. All right. So we got CJ Stroud here. Dak would make sense. I think a running back makes sense as well. Could try to play Brian Thomas too. Taiji Spears is the guy I want to get exposure to. Kind of think his ADP is really, it's not frothy. Uh, could go down if they bring in another running back, but if they don't, uh, there was an ESPN article over the weekend hyping up Ty J Spears and Roshan Johnson. Of course, two guys that I liked a lot last year, Roshan, particularly in the bag for, uh, but two guys that they expect to be breakouts this year, which kind of means I think they're just spouting back team speak slash whatever the front office guys are talking to kind of speak. Um, so Ty J definitely got to expect to move upwards. Derrick Henry, very unlikely to be back in Tennessee. Uh, so I think it's a good, I think it's a good pick for me here. Uh, but obviously three wide receivers, you know, we're, we're risking some stuff for sure. Oh man. I think that Dak is still a good pick here. I'm really getting myself thin at wide receiver. I could take Brian Thomas too, to try to get the Dallas stack without the QB, but Dak was so good this year. And I don't think it's going to get that much worse for him. Um, again, I think Mike Zimmer going to be a worse defensive coordinator than Dan Quinn was as well. So should be upside. I'm taking Dak Prescott team so far, CJ Stroud and Dak Prescott. So we are done at QB, uh, running back, Ty J Spears, uh, wide receiver, CD lamb, Stefan Diggs, and tank Dell and a tight end Trey McBride. So we're going to have to get some of those late vets, the, the Mike Williams of the world, the Tyler Lockett's of the world, I think to make the wide receiver room look a little bit better. Mm. But yeah, I, I feel like Dak was too hard to pass up there. Is this, is Chris, okay, Jane Daniels should be a running back. Thank you, Chris. Chris, really playing into all the things that I don't want to hear. Jane Daniels is going to be the best QB in the draft, I think. Maybe not the best pure QB, but even then, I think still a pretty good shot to be the best pure QB. And I will not hear any Jane Daniels fun. You guys are going to see it on social media more. The SEC fans are going to come in. And even though the guy won the Heisman, threw for all sorts of crazy numbers, ran for multiples 100-yard games and multiple touchdown games, uh, people are still going to find reasons to shit on him and don't. If Jane Daniels comes down in price tag at all because of like, guys who are saying what Chris is saying in the chat and doing it seriously about Jane Daniels should be a running back, uh, you should be taking Jane Daniels for cheap anytime you can get him. Jane Daniels is going to be the one player in this class who steps on the field and right away gives you 20 to 30 point days from, I think, the moment that he's on the field. Whereas like guys like Caleb, guys like J.J. McCarthy, you know, I think especially Caleb uh, and Drake May too, like those guys will get there, I think, over the course of the season. But Jaden Daniels are like running 10 times a game, higher avoided tackle rate than Anthony Richardson. Like he's he's too good. And again, plus EPA throw at every level. Brian never had 15 targets. He had double digit targets in all of two games. I'm fr I'm fried baloney. I'm not gonna like nickel and <laughs> I want to get to like the exact inertia. The point is that he did have first of all, I actually don't even think that's true. I don't, I'm not gonna go through game logs to argue with somebody in chat, but like he had really good games. If you don't like him, don't fucking draft him. <laughs> I, I think I made the point well enough already. Jordan Love goes at 83 here to the Liberator a sex pillow and a hopefully a competent drafter as well as the liberator in the 11 hole. Interesting start for him. Basically all the guys that fell apart last year and didn't do enough, lost a lot of opportunity and then two really high upside running backs. So um, if these guys are better next year, if Jalen Waddle, Devonte Smith and Calvin Ridley are better next year, uh, his team will look pretty good. And if not, he probably spent too much running back capital on those two guys and Josh Jacobs, but there we go. A little thin at wide receiver to start, but there are values you can take later. Probably a nine wide receiver build. I don't I don't really think I ever do nine wide receiver builds. I think eight's enough for me usually. And again, we really do like, these are very high upside guys at the first three rounds for me. So I still wouldn't do that. Probably not a, a definitely not a six wide receiver build. Definitely not a, well, I think it still could be seven. Um, but I think that the three are strong enough. I don't know. You, people may feel differently. 
You look at how players in college performed against the varying levels of competition they faced. I don't want to, I, Adam has asked me, Adam asked me a lot of similar questions, but anything that cuts your sample size down further, you don't really want to do. So no, I don't do that. You want to have the full 13 games they got and be able to read it off of that and then see things. So you could chop up parts of the field that a QB attacks things a running back does in the past game. Like you don't want to then try to go to a four game sample size because then you're just getting even less, you know, less ability to kind of get a read on the overall picture. So anything that shrinks your sample size for football in general, you just shouldn't do that much, um, which is one of the biggest flaws of people's processes in football too. Is like they look at, you know, two weeks of stats, four weeks of stats. Um, the Broncos defense, probably the best case where definitely some Sklansky bucks. They're going to get some Broncos D uh, this season a few times. And then at a certain point, the Broncos D once again was shit because they never really got better. They were just still kind of the same uh, crappy team that gave up a lot of high, a lot of downfield production. Um, so that's why, again, like that's a micro example, but you just don't want to shrink your sample size because then it's like, oh, the Broncos for a month have gotten have been really great. And it's like, no, they just kind of got lucky. You got some really lucky takeaways uh, because the guys forcing plays and, you know, forcing incompletions and interceptions and all that. So. I would never shrink your sample size is the main thing. All right, Brock Purdy, Jake Ferguson. Wanted Jake Ferguson to come back maybe, but uh, then we don't really need a second tight end now. Do need some wide receivers. Oh, this is an ugly spot here. Jamison Williams probably going to come up over the course of draft season. Honestly, feels like a better running back spot than a wide receiver spot, but we're running the risk here of getting bled out. And also, here's a guy that I think is undervalued, Troy Franklin. My fourth wide receiver off the board, Trey Franklin, a guy who could replace a Gabe Davis in Buffalo, a guy who, again, could be a fit in a lot of different situations. Um, I have not been able to get him at his ADP in a while now, uh, so I'm taking him at pick 94 here, and I think he's got I think he's got more upside than everybody in this range. I think he's got more than Sutton. I think he's got more than Deontay Johnson and Arthur Smith offense. Jameson Williams, if he takes a leap and is a much better player than he was this year, maybe. I'd rather, I think I'd rather have Trey Franklin personally. And only ADPs or any ADPs you are ignoring and scrolling early, down early for? Um, not really. I'm kind of trying to take guys at face value a little bit more for the most part. Um, I don't think the scroll the F down that the Badge Bros have coined and obviously have been very successful with in the Battle Royale tournaments. I don't think you want to do that necessarily quite as much, um, especially at the rookie big board this year, or the rookies and the big board this year, where these guys have gotten appropriately priced pretty fast. Estime, we've seen come up. Um, Jade Daniels, we've seen come up pretty fast. Uh, Brock Bowers came up from the hundreds to where he's going the seventies, right? Like pretty fast. So, um, there really hasn't been a window where it's like, I'm going to scroll down and get these guys because they all kind of a land where they're supposed to for the most part. All right. I like Troy Franklin too, but haven't been able to get him. Yeah. He's people like Troy Franklin. I think there's been a lot of steam on him and I was probably too early with my steam on him. Uh, all right. So we have Houston, Dallas. What makes sense here? I don't mind Jamison at this point, and I wouldn't mind Jalen Warren, honestly, either at this point, just to get a second running back in. It's got some value. I'm going to take Jalen Warren here. Could make the case to take one more receiver, but frankly, this pocket wide receiver, I guess, to answer that question that just came out of chat, uh, this is a pocket receiver that I don't really want to hit right now. Um, I'm okay with Dobbs. I think he's probably appropriately priced, but he's the one wide receiver in that group that I think Watson's good. I mean, look, I'm in the bag for Christian Watson, but if he can be healthy, he hurts Dobbs. If Jaden Reed makes a leap, he's going to hurt Dobbs. And Dobbs to me is just like a dude. I think he's the most just a dude in that entire pass catching core where Wicks, I believe is better. Uh, Musgrave, I think is better at tight end. Uh, so to me, like Dobbs, that's part of why I'm not dying to get wide receiver at the spot. 
What about Gainwell taking him early? You don't have to take him early. You can take him at pick 200, but I think he's a fantastic steal at pick 190, pick 200. Uh, because again, uh, DeAndre Swift not under contract right now. So I would assume that the Eagles don't want to pay DeAndre Swift. I don't think he did enough to, to bring him back. And I imagine he might want more money for himself. Uh, Swift actually, so we've talked a lot about Houston, the running back thing, people linking Saquon to them and all that. Uh, Houston, DeAndre Swift would be kind of fun, actually, especially if they gave him the run and like actually gave him all the opportunity that he doesn't seem to get in terms of the pass game work and all of that. Um, I think that would be a fun location for him. But uh, but yeah, for me, I think Gainwell's really undervalued right now. Gainwell could be the bell cow back for Philadelphia, and he's going, I mean, he almost didn't go drafted, I think, on our Friday draft he did here on stream. So I think that Gainwell's not appropriately priced, which is odd because there's, all, there's only like a few guys that you look at and you go like, like, why is his price not reflecting the situation? Because everybody else is like, oh, the, the star running back could leave. So Chase Brown is up at 104 because Mixon's likely gone. And then like for all these other situations, these guys are up. And then for some reason, for Gainwell, it's like nobody's acknowledging the fact that like he's the only running back under contract, I think, besides Boston Scott. Uh, so it's a weird one. This is a dude in the world. That's all that Dobbs will be. Okay. It's fair. Look, we all got to have our takes. Grab Gainwell the 19th round of draft of the week and he's too cheap. Yeah, he's, if you have like a six running back build and Gainwell's there, I'd make it seven almost every time. I think he's just way too cheap right now. And once people do catch up with that, like his ADP probably comes up easily to the 140s, 150s. Um, if not, you know, 100s to 120s. Uh, so I think that's, to me, like Gainwell's just one of the most mispriced guys. Besides some injured guys, like Hawkinson at 107. Hawkinson probably still shouldn't be going here because best case scenario is he's out the first two months of the year, then comes back in for like November. Uh, so you're going to miss at least half the year for Hawkinson. More likely, you're, you're going to get him for a couple weeks of the playoffs if you're lucky. So, uh, But yeah, outside of injury, Gainwell might be the most mispriced guy, I think, in the entire draft. Yeah, that's true. Even if Gainwell's a backup, probably a good price to get, grab him as a handcuff. Um, and an ambiguous backfield, too. Uh, obviously, Sirianni's still there, but uh, you do have Kellen, Kellen Moore coming in. Kellen Moore could fall in love with, with Gainwell and go like, oh, he's the he's what I thought Eckler was going to be before Eckler kind of uh, was hurt all year and wasn't very good when he wasn't hurt. Uh, so that could be a thing that happens, too. Trevor Lawrence goes here. All the Trevor Lawrence fans, I'm sure, still dying to take him in the 50s, but... Uh, Probably more appropriately priced, appropriately priced than the 111s or 110 range, rather. All right, so we got, let me read the team here. I'll try to wrap my head around what we can do. CJ Shroud, Dak Prescott at running back, Ty J Spears, Jalen Warren, CD Lamb, Stefan Diggs, Tank Dell, and Troy Franklin, along with Trey McBride at tight end. I like the base here. It's just a matter of what we're going to put around this. So Singletary coming back, I think this is a pick worth taking for me. Uh, Devin Singletary, again, can correlate with Stroud, could also land himself a better spot in free agency, um, or one where just they pay him a lot of money and kind of have to chase that because of the fact they're paying him so much money. Uh, but I think he's most likely going to come back to Houston, would be my expectation. But a 2-3-4-1, so we're pushing it at wide receiver for sure, but I'm not going to sweat it too much. Dalton Schultz would make sense for the team as well, though he might not be back in Houston too. Um, don't mind him. Marquise Brown, free agent, could be anywhere. Is Marquise Brown going to go somewhere good? He's just been hurt for so many years and been useless for so long that I don't don't really see him as a guy I'm dying to get. Hmm. I'm going to take Marquise Brown. I don't love it, but I think he's probably undervalued for a wide receiver five. 
So we made two picks here, added C.J. Stroud, Dak Prescott, Tyje Spears, Jalen Warren, Devin Singletary, uh, C.D. Lamb, Stefan Diggs, Tank Dell, Troy Franklin, and Marquise Brown at wide receiver, and a tight end, Trey McBride. Is this a perfect draft? No, but I like this draft a lot. And frankly, Marquise Brown, if the Cowboys did move on from Cooks, they probably could get Brown for cheap. I don't know what Brown's contract's going to be this year. Like, does he get the Christian Kirk deal just because he's fast and has shown something in the past? Or does he get squeezed out because of the fact that there's a lot of good rookies to go to? I mean, even the rookies that aren't good, like guys like Keon Coleman, I don't think are very good. He's still like 20, going to be 21. And he's a big bodied guy who people are going to talk themselves into a little bit. So like, I wonder what's going to happen with Marquise Brown, but I'm pretty okay with him at this range. Uh, I'm talking myself into it, but. Quentin Johnson is going to go 122. Like, I think Quentin Johnson is a little bit undervalued, but he shouldn't go ahead of Marquise Brown, I don't think. Feels like a spot's reach for your guy, Lad. I would, as you know, Adam, I would only take Lad if he is, Lad McConkey, if he is safely 10 picks behind ADP and if there's nobody else left in the world. Uh, but look, you know, he's he's got, he's one of the guys in this class that people are really squinting their eyes to try to get to uh, in the hopes of being this year's Puka. And uh, he's one of those guys that could be it, I guess. 22 picks after ADP. It's good practice. Take guys you don't like after ADP, a fine pick. That's yeah. Jeff's seeing it exactly the same way I do. Uh, again, Marquise Brown to me, not a priority guy. Really feel like his entire Arizona stint was just like a worthless time frame um, that proved he's not a wide receiver one. But, you know, like uh, I know we've talked a lot about our, our guy, Gabe Davis, potentially, uh, potentially leaving the Bills. If you did see Gabe Davis leave the Bills and he got a big deal in free agency and they didn't take a Troy Franklin type, or I guess, you know, one of the other receivers who maybe does some similar things in the class. Maybe they do end up with a Marquise Brown for cheap or cheaper than other guys. That's the hope, I think, for Marquise Brown is that he goes somewhere and is the wide receiver too, where he can just kind of get easy targets downfield away from an actual stud target earner because uh, Marquise Brown is not a stud target earner. I think we're pretty confident in that. Could see Hollywood being a KC target. Maybe, maybe. I mean, that would definitely be a, a nut outcome for him. He and that would... That would probably drive Rasheed Rice down quite a bit, uh, which is what we're waiting for. But uh, Rasheed Rice still at ADP, my, my least favorite pick, because I think he falls. I think by the time BBM is out, something happens with the Chiefs, whether it's drafting somebody, whether it's bringing somebody in, uh, where like Rasheed Rice should be in the 50s, I think. Um, but, you know, he'll keep going to the 20s for the next few months. So you got to take him where you can get him if you want to take him. Uh, Mo here loves Zamir White. Uh, you look possible that he gets the work. I think it's more likely Josh Jacobs comes back there. I think that uh, the Raiders saw enough last year with, uh, well, we'll see. I, it's a new front office. Maybe not, but I would think that if I'm them, I think you run it back with Jacobs and Adams for one more year and hope that Antonio Pierce just doesn't completely go to shit. And at what they saw last year was a sign of what they can be in terms of like the team coming together a little bit more around Pierce and certainly him knowing to feed the star players to keep them happy. Um, I think those are two things that would affect, you know, positively affect Jacobs and Adams wanting to return. Uh, but we'll see, you know, Jacobs obviously did not want to sign that deal last year, ended up signing it and then didn't come back on the field in the back half of the year because what's the incentive for him to do it? I don't know. Our guy Gabe Davis goes at 138 here. Would have been happy to take him, I think, with my pick as well coming up. Uh, Gabe Davis, people have questions about the free agent spot. He is likely to be one of the best downfield targets in free agency and the draft. You know, I, I think I'm more inclined probably to take a shot with a young guy in the hopes that you can really hit a ceiling outcome that a Gabe Davis is not going to hit at the stage of his career. But if you put Gabe Davis, like let's say Tampa Bay lost Mike Evans and they keep kind of the same structure, but Gabe Davis goes there. 
Like Gabe Davis could be a very important player next year, even though I know people are tired of the Gabe Davis thing. I would not take him behind Michael Wilson personally. That's me. Uh, Lad McConkey is here doing nothing for me. Kendra Miller, I don't mind. Khalil Herbert, I don't mind as a pivot uh, to the Roshan Johnson scene that's going to come. Blake Corum, we won't take ever at ADP. Kendra Miller, it is for me. Fourth running back off the board, Kendra Miller. Added him to Ty J. Spears, Jalen Warren, and Devin Singletary. <laughs> for, for Adam, I don't think you're going to get the outcome you're hoping for here. But maybe. I do need one more receiver on the turn. So we'll see. But of course, I'd be very happy to take another running back, I think. Oh, no. I can't get Lad McConkey. Oh, damn you, Stelvera. I can't. I can't take this guy who's going to be the next Tank Dell, allegedly. Ah, uh, darn. Drats and darn is what I'm going to say to that one. Uh, so we do see Bucky Irving go. He's another guy I wouldn't have minded taking here. Bucky Irving, one of the rookies that I will give my stamp of approval to. Uh, Blake Corum. Blake Corum, you just got flipped, buddy. You got flipped by Audric Estime. <laughs> Two, five, five, one here. CJ Stroud, perfect draft. CJ Stroud, Dak Prescott, Ty J. Spears, Jalen Warren, Devin Singletary, Kendra Miller, Audric Estime, CeeDee Lamb, Stefan Diggs, Tank Dell, Trey Franklin, Marquise Brown, and Trey McBride. So we have the Arizona stack without Kyler Murray, which frankly, I don't mind. Kyler Murray is okay. And also Marquise Brown, don't assume that he'll be back on Arizona. I think that's actually pretty unlikely. Uh, so I think this build makes sense. I'd rather have the CJ Stroud, Dak Prescott upside personally than Kyler Murray, though. Kyler showed enough last year. I'm probably, I'm a lot less down on Kyler than I was last year. Where I really didn't take him in any drafts for the most part. Uh, this year, I think he's probably appropriately priced. Um, maybe a little bit frothy. I feel like Kyler, Kyler shouldn't be going ahead of Brock and Herbert and Tua because I don't think this offense is going to be that great. But I guess if they got MHJ, I don't know. I think to me, Kyler's better priced around Tua. Um, like this Tua to, to Caleb, Jaden Daniels range is where I would put Kyler but people are going to take them where they're going to take them. It's a nice team. A little jealousy, but I'll take that from Charlie. Charlie knows what he's talking about. Charlie, again, a top three BBM finisher a couple years ago. There are a lot of channels out there, obviously with a lot of streamers, but I think per capita, we've got top 10 finishers in BBM and DraftKings uh, more than most. So I'm always glad to hear guys like Charlie giving me a co-sign of what I'm doing. Hard for me to get there with Kendra, even though I feel like everyone likes him. I mean, look, so here's the thing with Kendra is that he had a really bad run out in terms of like his injury situation. He had a pretty good run out in terms of like he could have been a, he could have won that role. Um, if he had played when Kamara was out, if he had played throughout preseason, it is something that I've talked about a lot here. Kendra Miller was, I think last year, a very informative play uh, where because of the fact that like, uh, so Kendra basically started the year, wasn't available in training camp for a large portion of it because he was recovering from the MCL uh, strain or tear, whatever it was that knocked him out of TCU um, in the, uh, in January. But basically, like, wasn't there for the entire training camp. Then he could have, theoretically, if he'd been there for training camp, could have earned the role at the beginning of the year when Kamara was suspended. But instead, Jamal Williams got the work. Jamal Williams then got hurt. Then we had the weird Tony Jones thing. So Kendra had a bad run out there because he wasn't healthy to take advantage of the opportunity. Then when he was able to get back in, Kamara was back in. He couldn't get the work. When he Kamara got hurt again, Jamal, Jamal Williams got hurt again. And then Kendra finally had some usable weeks in the back half of the year. But I think, like, for Kendra, he's coming into a situation where Kamara a very likely cap cut. Jamal Williams not likely to be there again either. Uh, so where do you go with? You probably are going to go with Kendra. And, and an offense that should be better as well, or at least a little bit less of a, a slog like the, the offense was last year for the Saints. Um, so I think for Kendra, 
he's got a lot of juice, high avoided tackle rate guy, uh, showed a lot in the past game last year. So to me, I think that his proper price sag, I don't know that he should go ahead of Ford. I think he's correct there. I think Kendra and Ford should both be ahead of Jonathan Brooks. I think they should also both be ahead of Chuba and ahead of Ty Chandler. I think the appropriate price for Kendra and Jerome Ford is going to be, I think they should be ahead of Zamir White. Because Ford is likely to benefit from uh, Chubb potentially being a cut candidate or coming back and probably not being ready to go for the first two half, you know, the first uh, two months of the season. So um, I think Jerome Ford and Kendra to me, like two guys I really like a lot in that range. Yeah, Saints don't have the cap space. Yeah, they are completely capped out. They are, uh, and obviously they could draft somebody, you know, a Buck Yerving, I think it'd be a little bit redundant for a Kendra. But yeah, maybe they bring in a Braylon Allen. Like, I think that's the kind of thing I could see. Uh, again, I really think Green Bay is the most live. You bring in Braylon Allen to fill those AJ Dillon touches and hopefully have them be more effective. I don't think they will necessarily, but that would be the hope of a team. Uh, but I think for New Orleans too, you have Braylon Allen being your your power back and a Kendra being your shift back who can be a guy that casts, you know, catch some passes. I think that would make sense, but you know, obviously we'll see how the teams go. Need receivers, need running backs as well. Tough pocket for both. Josh Palmer going to be back on the Chargers, but who knows how that's going to look for him. Xavier Leggett, uh, again, I think grades out like an A.J. Brown. I'm going to take Leggett here. I'm going to take Leggett. I know that this makes it a perfect draft, but I like Leggett a lot. Ability to play out the slot, ability to play out wide, muscular guy. A little bit old for to get the draft capital you probably want him to get, but um, I think at this point in the draft, I'll take the unknown quantity over Josh Palmer. Yeah, like a hundred negative hundred mil. They really, I mean, they're one of the teams that leveraged the future for the present and they didn't get the results in the present they wanted. So, you know, tough scene for all of them, but um, I, I like like it. I don't know who doesn't like like it. I, I've thought like it was great since I first looked at this data. People didn't like the senior bowl stuff. I I don't agree with it. Um, all right, Marshawn Lloyd here would be a nice pick as well. Do need another tight end though. I don't think these guys at this point we need to get to. I'm going to go Marshawn Lloyd, uh, another rookie running back that I think has a lot of juice. We've talked about it a lot here. Highest avoided tackle rate overall in the class is Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, highest avoided tackle rate in the pass game as well. Like an egregious 80% avoided tackle rate is what he had catching passes. Um, he was part of a timeshare backfield at USC with uh, Austin Jones, who kind of sucked fully. Uh, but Marshawn Lloyd, smaller guy, did weigh in over 200 pounds at the Senior Bowl. So the hope will be that he'll do that again uh, at the Combine. But I think he, at this range, Probably the rookie running back with the most juice at 171. All right, so Jeff thinks that Leggett's the most undervalued rookie wide receiver right now. Um, I think I agree. I think I agree. He's going to be able to step on the field and do stuff right away. Obviously, he's got to land in a good spot, have the ability, can't get JSN, can't be, you know, because he's not going to have the draft capital either to force his way onto the field. But he's really talented. Uh, some of the numbers for Leggett, just to highlight that, because I do like to make sure that I uh, show you guys the things that are making me like a guy. Um, and Mac, I see your chat too. And I, I, uh, if you want to wait, I'll talk about Michael Mayer in a minute, but I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, like it 30 routes per game last year, 28% target per out run rates. That's the one thing that's a bit of a flaw, uh, but he had a 0.52 EPA per target, uh, playing out wide was also pretty good as well. 0.32 EPA out wide, uh, 0.77 out of the slot. So definitely a very good slot guy. Uh, but his 0.32 EPA out wide was basically the same as Marvin Harrison last year. So don't think he's Marvin Harrison to be clear. Like need to be very clear about that stuff. Cause I know sometimes people can uh, try to read too much into something like that. Uh, but for Leggett though, being good outside, being good in the slot, also a plus EPA receiver at every level, only a 0.1 EPA on throws of under 10 air yards, but then past the six, 10 to 20 air yards, a 0.9 EPA uh, downfield, 
of 20 plus air yards, a 1.1 EPA. So Leggett grades out well in everything that I would look at. Uh, the one thing that I guess you could say is a flaw did not command a lot of red zone targets, but uh, just 0.7 per game there, which is not bad, but it's about one third of like a Marvin Harrison and about one half of Odunze and neighbors. So, but that's the case for Leggett is that he, again, he adds value at every level. Um, he's probably, I think he should test as an okay athlete. Um, definitely going to have some muscle. Like he's a strong guy. So, uh, another guy, again, it looks like AJ Brown, but much like I said for Jonathan Mingo, Mingo looks like AJ Brown and plays like fucking Hunter Renfro. <laughs> but, uh, but Xavier Leggett looks like AJ Brown and kind of plays like AJ Brown. All right. So Mac wants to know, do you like Michael Mayer? Um, I like Mayer. Mayer uh, commanded last year uh, at Notre Dame, 35% target route run rate. So I think he's one of the guys that got the worst run out of the rookie tight ends where Austin Hooper was there. Clearly Josh McDaniels wanted to trust the vet more. As a result, Mayer didn't get on the field. We saw some something resembling a spike week for Mayer. Uh, the tough part for him is like, obviously, if Adams is going to be back there, Adams is going to be an alpha target under commanding, you know, 10 to 12 targets a game, you know, most likely. Uh, so for Mayer, that's a tough part. It'll make him more efficient, as we always talk about here. Having an alpha target under drawing attention away will make the other guys more efficient, but he's never going to get to the, like, the level that you would have thought he would have been at coming out of Notre Dame, where he was like a real target earner, and now he hasn't been in the pros. Uh, but I think that'll get a little bit better. But having Myers there, too, is not great. Uh, so... It's tough competition, but I think he's still a good tight end pick at where he goes. Uh, Mo, Mo here likes Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman, one of my least favorite guys. Uh, just not a plus EPA receiver, over, like really anywhere. Uh, 0.003 EPA overall uh, per target is not good, especially for a guy who's as big as Keon Coleman. Um, target per route run rate for him, also not great. 27% target per route run rate by comparison or for comparison. Marvin Harrison earns a target 35% of the time he's running around. Malik Neighbors 31%. Uh, Malachi Corley, who's a completely different player, but 35% of the time. Uh, so you want to see guys earn targets at a higher rate. Keon Coleman doesn't do that. And he's also not good downfield. Only a .09 EPA downfield, which is a fourth of Harrison and Neighbors. Like Coleman showed nothing um, in terms of the data. And there's some film guys like Coleman. And he's young and big. So that's the positives for him. All right. Coming up again here, Ray Davis, a rookie running back that I don't like very much. We do need a second tight end. You know, Tez Walker, not the biggest fan of him. Again, we've talked about a lot here. Uh, just a pure air yards merchant uh, last year, but he could be the kind of guy that goes to Houston for cheap. So I'm going to take a flyer on Tez Walker here. Um, don't think he's great. If he's a better athlete than I've seen, then he's going to move up at the combine. But basically, you know, he led the, uh, all the guys in the rookie class in terms of air yards, uh, per game last year, Tez Walker, 162 air yards per game. I uh, was a little bit ahead of Romo Dunze. is at 154, uh, but he didn't really do that well with them. Uh, didn't catch him at a high rate, not a great EPA 0.27 EPA downfield. So, uh, Tez Walker, just pure volume of air yards is what got him there. Uh, but if he went to Houston, like he's going to get more efficient targets and a high volume of air yards. So I think that's uh, what I'm going to try to play for here. Let's see what T Gentile does here. We need some tight ends, at least one more tight end. Probably two. Two, six, seven, one build. <sighs> I'm seeing Jalen Hyatt on the screen. I think he's a nice pick at this range. Yeah, I think it's Jalen Hyatt for me. Just trying to chase some spike weeks at wide receiver. Team so far, 2681, CJ Stroud, Dak Prescott at QB, Ty J Spears, Jalen Warren, Devin Singletary, Kendra Miller, Audrick Estime, and Marshawn Lloyd. I don't know if this is a perfect running back room. 
but I like this a lot for a zero RB room. So look, the idea of, the, of this being a perfect draft, we didn't know draft's going to be perfect really, but this RB room for me and my QBs, not perfect, but close. Uh, CD Lamb, Stefan Diggs, Hank Dell, Troy Franklin, Marquise Brown, Leggett, Tez Walker, Jalen Hyatt. I like the wide receiver room too. I don't think it's perfect. Don't think we got enough value necessarily uh, because we did reach a little bit for Troy Franklin. Then got Marquise Brown at value. Um, reach for Leggett too. So not a perfect wide receiver room, though I do like the texture of having Lamb, Diggs, Dell as the base. We add on Franklin, who I believe is undervalued. I think this works for me at wide receiver. And a tight end, Trey McBride. Um, I don't know, man. I like this team. Obviously not a stacky stacky, though it's hard to be uh, very stacky stacky in a big board because we just don't know where guys are going to be going for sure yet. Uh, but I, I like this build. I think I, if I'd gotten Jake Ferguson, I think this would have put it over the top for me. But is it perfect? Probably not. But we could call it perfect enough. Any thoughts on Hyatt? but taking him a lot. Um, you, you probably need Slayton to be gone, I think, for him to reach his real apex. But I think the Giants were just so bad this year that like them being, you know, just basically uh, improving to closer to average next year is going to mean a lot for them. And I don't think Jan Daniel Jones is dead. Like uh, the season was kind of cursed for them, but they also weren't as good as people thought they were last year. Uh, so they need to improve the offensive line. I imagine that'll be a key focus of what they do uh, this entire offseason. So, uh, if that's the case, like everything's gonna get better from there. And I think too, frankly, if they do move on from Saquon, they're probably going to upgrade just because of the fact that Saquon is a little bit overvalued. They feed him too much because he's so overpaid and because he's like a star player. But in reality, he's just a guy that doesn't avoid a lot of tackles, doesn't add a ton of value, even though shows some flash in the past game again last year, but. Um, I think losing Saquon and allowing this offense to open up a little bit more and having everything flow through Daniel Jones, probably a positive for Hyatt and the offense overall. So I like Hyatt. I think that it is a pick, you know, 195 or whatever, uh, let alone any cheaper. I think Hyatt's undervalued. You have any concerns with Leggett uh, only having one productive year? Is that not something you really look at? Um, I know people worry about the late breakout age stuff. I try not to worry about that as much. You know, the thing that I worry about the most with Leggett is that he does have only that one year and he's 23. So that could affect the draft capital uh, significantly. I think that would be not great for him. But for Leggett, uh, the numbers being as strong as they are with where he goes in a draft, I think are the main things I would focus on for him. And the fact, too, that like he didn't get that Roman Wilson, oh, you're a beast at the Senior Bowl. We love you. Like you got to take you so early now. Uh, like Leggett's, I think, a better player, definitely a more adult-bodied man to play in the NFL. Now that that's everything, we've seen small guys have a lot of success lately. But I think for Leggett, like he's got a lot of things that I would look for. Uh, quality of competition is maybe the one thing. But even though he actually he played good teams, right? Because he was at South Carolina. So like he played some real teams. Um, I don't know. Then it's relative to guys at the range, though. It's like it's Leggett. You know, I would take Leggett over Jalen Polk, and Polk goes a lot of a lot ahead of him in ADP in terms of these drafts. Um, I would take him out of Tez, and we did take him out of Tez. Um, yeah, Brendan Rice is the one late receiver that I think has a lot of juice. Uh, only ran 20 routes per game last year, but a 0.75 EPA per target is really good there. And he was also great out wide with a 0.74 EPA per target. Uh, Brendan Rice, I think, is the one guy I would say that compared to Leggett might be a slightly better upside play. Intrigued by Brendan Rice. The numbers that Brendan Rice put up in college, I mean, best EPA per target last year overall, best EPA per target out wide. Uh, top tier EPA per target downfield, a 1.1 EPA downfield uh, on 1.8 attempts downfield for him as well. But the issue is just that he didn't get enough routes. 20 routes per game is hard. Uh, like we talked about earlier, the sample size stuff with Brendan Rice, like you could have just gotten lucky on those 20 routes per game, but he's Jerry Rice's kid. So I don't, I would tend to think with Brendan Rice too. Uh, another guy's undervalued. 
Uh, let's see what we're going to do here. Three more rounds to go. Definitely need to get some tight ends, but whatever. Ben Sinnott, very much in play for me at tight end still. Even though I feel like the Ben Sinnott hype has not hit a crescendo or definitely didn't with how uh, Senior Bowl went, but Ben Sinnott to me a tight end that I think gets draft capital or, you know, second, third round draft capital. Paul's scooped a lot of Brendan Rice. I think it's a good pick. 60% Brendan Rice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I agree that he's a good play. I don't know that I'd commit to him that much just because you are missing out on some uh, other potential guys in that range. But, you know, I get planning that flag. I think we could take a seventh running back here. I, I would like to get to tight end again soon, but I don't think we need to do it right now. Miles Sanders to me at pick 214. Again, ambiguous backfield. He could win that role. He was ass, but he's now going near Izzy Abani Conda and Madison and Bigsby. I, I just don't think that's correct. Sanders can fail upwards here, I think. I got Rod Bender here. Nice team spec. Just realized I'm in your draft. Uh, team is kind of shit. Okay, <laughs> now we'll look at uh, Mr. Bass's team and see if we can figure out what he's doing. Or MN Bass, sorry, not Mr. Bass. Mr. Bass would be uh, the big mouth bass, the singing fish, <laughs> when you want to address him formally. Oh, that's Mr. Bass. All right, one more pick here. So I think Dulcich is the pick for me. Just think he's a little bit undervalued because of how bad that season went last year. Going to probably be a three tight end build for me. So Dulcich will be my tight end uh, to add to the roster. Uh, team so far, CJ Shroud, Dak Prescott, Ty J Spears, Jalen Warren, Devin Singletary, Kendra Miller, Audric Estime, Marshawn Lloyd, Miles Sanders, a wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, Stefan Diggs, Tank Dell, Troy Franklin, Marquise Brown, Xavier Leggett, Tez Walker, and Jalen Hyatt. And a tight end, Trey McBride and Greg Dulcich. I like this team. It's like a a different kind of team for sure. Like we're not, I think we got a mix of like established names and then some rookies that I feel really strongly about. Uh, but, you know, they still have to do all the shit that rookies have to do to end up being uh, able to pay off that value, not alone, let alone get the draft capital to pay off the value. Uh, but I like the team. I think with one more tight end here, I'll feel pretty good. And it could take Brevin Jordan late and just try to play the outcome that they don't upgrade tight end and they don't bring back uh, Dalton, Dalton Schultz. But, and that's the most likely. I think I'd rather take Ben Sinnott over Brevin Jordan, but Brevin Jordan had a few nice plays the back half of last year that really shouldn't sleep on. Like Brevin Jordan broke like a screen for a 70-yard touchdown at one point last year uh, towards the tail end, and I'm like blown away that he was able to do that. Mooney intrigues me. I've yet to draft him. Interesting. Yeah, Mooney, uh, you know, I think that spot gets upgraded. Uh, Mooney, though, free agent, so he could go somewhere and maybe be that consolation prize for a team that doesn't get Gabe Davis doesn't get um, doesn't get a Marquise Brown, I guess. Uh, so maybe that's the out there. Uh, tough for Mooney though. Like it really felt felt like he was actually very efficient last year. He had a very high EPA last year, and this year he just kind of didn't do it. Just also didn't have the same opportunity. He's not earning targets anywhere nearly as well, um, which is going to happen when DJ Moore is there. But like Cole Komet improved, even though DJ Moore was there, and I kind of think that Mooney went the wrong way. So. You never know. Could land in a good spot, but I, I kind of think he's a guy that ends up falling by the wayside. My my inkling would be that he falls by the wayside a little bit more, um, but he's it's possible that he ends up with a good situation because you got to have a downfield target. Like teams need downfield targets, and he is he is that. Uh, Liberator liberates Russell Wilson. Uh, a lot of things tying Russell Wilson to Atlanta lately. We'll see what else can happen there. Uh, Russell Wilson in Atlanta. Kind of wouldn't be the most fun. Uh, Pittsburgh as well, a recent rumor for him, though. I think Pittsburgh trying to get Justin Fields uh, rumors out there too. We will see. Kind of think Russ of Pittsburgh makes sense to run an Arthur Smithy offense. Um, 
Though they have been linked to Tannehill as well, so we'll see. But Russ's going to start somewhere, you'd think, whether he holds on to that job or not. Your guess is going to be as good as mine. Does the Liberator only draft three QBs? No, four QB build for Liberator. Jordan Love, Geno Smith, Will Levis, Russell Wilson. Hmm. See what MN Bass did for his team. AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts, Keaton Allen, you know, hopefully can do it for one more year. I like this pocket that he hit here. Guys in free agency that could do well. Derrick Henry, Ramondre, not in free agency, but could have a better situation. Again, ambiguous backfield. We'll always highlight those to the point of like saying it too many times on a stream because I think it's very important. Ramondre could be back in that backfield and could be a 20 touch back again, or somebody could come in and completely fuck his rollover. We don't really know yet, but I think at his price tag, taking him pick 82, I think MN Bass did a good job with that one. Uh, Eckler as well, free agent destiny, I think could be anywhere. Would love to see him go to Cincinnati. I think that'd be a really good fit for him, but uh, we'll see. Romeo Dobbs, Dallas Goddard from MN Bass, Ty Chandler. Yeah, kind of, they kind of lost the team in the back half a little bit for MN Bass, but. I like what you did here for stretches. I think the running backs in particular are a pretty good job. Wide receivers leave a little bit to be desired, but what are you going to do? They can't all be perfect drafts, you know? <laughs> I know I made it look easier. I put in the headline, hey, perfect President's Day draft. And here we are, the perfect President's Day draft, but they're not always going to be perfect. And our guy Mooney goes to MN Bass as well. So there we go. The Darnell Mooney full circle here of life. We're seeing it right before us. Got one more pick left, guys. So I'll, I'll get a little bit of whoring out of the way now. Uh, subscribe down below. Again, splash play on that march down to 4K subs to 5K subs, 10K subs. We can't do it without you guys being a part of it. So please do subscribe down below. Support independently operated channel, of course, where I do the work every day, Monday to Friday, 11 a.m. And of course, the, this process here too. If you watch our DFS videos and you're like, I don't want to watch hundreds of best ball drafts, uh, me doing the best ball drafts now is what makes me good at being able to do like DFS content and showdown content is knowing the sport, like the back of my hand as best as I could possibly do it. Um, so I would say, you know, if you're new around here, came on board during the showdown videos and stuff like that, uh, come on, watch some drafts. I don't expect everybody to watch every draft, but, uh, do you try to make it easy as possible if you just want to watch the playlist to do that as well. Every draft in reverse order, you can fall asleep to my dulcet tones to me yelling at people <laughs> when they snipe me. All right, there we go, Rod. Made Rod feel better about himself. That's all I can ask. They all can't be Abraham Lincoln's. That's true. The most perfect president <laughs> imaginable. All right, Brevin Jordan's here. Again, really think that makes sense. But what if Ben Sinnott were to go to Houston and change the game entirely for that pass-catching core? We're taking Ben Sinnott here. Let's get our guys. CJ Shroud, Dak Prescott at QB in my final team. Ty J. Spears, Jalen Warren, Devin Singletary, Kendra Miller, Audrick Estime, Marshawn Lloyd, and free Miles Sanders at running back. Wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, Stephon Diggs, Tank Dell, Troy Franklin, Marquise Brown, Xavier Leggett, Tez Walker, and Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver. And a tight end, Trey McBride, Greg Dulcich, and Ben Sinnott. The whitest tight end room around. We got it here. And hopefully, they'll work out for me. But that is going to call it a wrap here for this draft, guys. So again, come back tomorrow. Splash play drafts every day. That is the promise here. Doesn't matter if there's a holiday. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do a draft at 11 a.m. So come along. Ride with us here. Follow me at Chris Spags. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. Uh, some other plugs as well, of course. Go check out Underdog promo code Splash. Double your deposit up to 100 bucks. If you're a new sign up as well, they'll give you a mystery pick them with that. So check that out for yourself. Stochastic. Uh, if you want to play NASCAR again, I think <laughs> I think you can play the slate again. I don't know. Uh, but go check out Stochastic. 15% off all their data, all their sim tools as well. And again, I won in PGA 
for, for like the fifth straight week now this weekend, because how easy it is with their Sims tool where not enough people use Sims and PGA. Um, so it's not like the biggest wins, but I was, you know, top 100 for most of the weekend, came back down a little bit. Point being though, it's like very easy to get lineups in. So check out that promo code splash on Stochastic. Save yourself 15%. There's also a link in the description if you want to check that too. And of course, probably, uh, we actually did put out a betting video today, me talking NHL and college basketball, but with our probably data where we track data for the winningest sports books around the world, makes it very easy to get in plus EV bets, even when you don't know the sport. And that's really what the goal of the product is to make it. So no matter what you're doing, no matter what games are on, no NBA, it's still getting good bets. So that's what probably does for you. you use that promo code splash at probably.com slash subscribe to get 50% off or get a seven day free trial by searching probably on the app store. Thank you to the squirt squad. There might be a few names that I have to add on here actually. And I forgot to do that over the weekend, but, uh, We'll do that for tomorrow. So thank you to all these fine folks that we put on the show. Hit the join button now below for $4.99 a month to help me put on the show as well. Get access to me too. Team reviews up to 10 a month if you are a paying member and other premium perks coming up, including members only drafts and probably some members only streams coming up soon as well. Uh, but that is it for me today. Back tomorrow with more. I will see you guys again then. And if you want the audio version, check out Splashway in your podcast feed as well. Enjoy your President's Day. And of course, good luck. Bye. <laughs>